Okay, what's next? What's next? <laughs> That's the name, the title of the sermon. What's next? Okay, we're at the beginning of a brand new year. So, you know, we always expect a preaching about something new, something fresh in our lives. Who wants something new in their lives? Yeah, yeah I think we all do. Some of the old stuff is good, but some of the old stuff needs to go. And I just want to share briefly tonight out of the word about uh, a time in the lives of the people of Israel when they had come out of um, bondage in Egypt. They'd come out of 40 years in the wilderness and they were standing right on the brink of the promises of God, coming into the promised land um, that God was um, giving to them. He said, I've given it to you. But now it was up to them to appropriate the blessings and the promises of God. And their leader during all that time, Moses, has just uh, passed on to be with the Lord. And Joshua is the new leader. And so uh, God is establishing him as the leader. But uh, he needs to understand that it's God who's the real leader. And what's next needs to be in the hands of the Lord. So they're about to cross over and the leaders were told this. Joshua told the leaders to command the people, say this, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. So he's saying we're about to leave this place and we're going to cross over the Jordan River and we are going to go with the presence of God. Just like Moses went with the presence of God, Joshua understood that they needed to go with the presence of God. And in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, that Ark of the Covenant, represented the presence of God. And so they were told, when you see that physical Ark moving, when the priests carry it on their shoulders, when you see that Ark of the Covenant going, when they're carrying it, and off they go, then off you go too. We are leaving this place, and we are going to go after the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to follow the presence of God. And of course, out of this, this is a story from the Bible, okay? This is a real incident from the Bible. But I want to let us apply it in our lives, okay? So when God says, I'm going before you, and my presence is going before you, I want you to go after it. We need to go after the presence of God. We need to follow what God is doing. Sometimes we think, oh, the timing's not right, or I'm not ready for it, or I'm not comfortable with this, I'm okay where I am. But if God says, you know what, I'm moving, I want you to move with me. That's what he said. When they set out, I want you to go after it. But then he gives further instructions. What's next? He says, yet there shall be a space, a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Who knows what a cubit is? About 18 inches, something like that. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Now, why did he say, keep your distance? Like 2,000 cubits works out to what they call a biblical mile. It was about a mile away. You think, wow, that's quite a distance. 
but you know there was like a couple of million people and so they were told to keep their distance so everyone had a view everyone could see what was going on he said don't come too close so you will know the way you must go sometimes you get too close and you actually well, I can't see you need to sometimes see things from a distance and go oh okay yeah okay they're turning left they're turning right <laughs> you know you can see what is going on and he said why so you could see but also because he said you haven't passed this way before this hasn't happened before you don't know where you're going you don't know what's going to happen and that's kind of like being in a new year we've never passed this way before we don't know what's going to happen this year we've never passed this way before but we need to follow the presence of god like right now i had no idea like within a, you know the new year suddenly i'd be going back and forward every day to the hospital to visit my mum. just didn't realize it was going to happen okay haven't passed this way before but following the presence of god okay so then the priests are told to go and put their feet into the water, okay? And it says, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark or bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the, all the earth, as soon as their feet go into the water, it said they rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So the moment the priests put their feet into the Jordan River, bam, suddenly the water stopped. Did it stop right there? No, it actually stopped upstream at that moment. When they stepped in here, the water stopped up there. Why? Because God is the God of all the earth. He stopped it immediately. You know, God can start something or stop something immediately if it's in his purposes it's going to happen it's going to happen the purposes of god he said they shall stand up as a heap he told them what's next what was next when the priests do that then the waters the flooding waters because the river was flooding like crazy at that time it was dangerous but he said the moment the priests put their feet in suddenly everything will be okay and when God says it, it will be okay. No matter if it looks impossible, like a flooding river, like, whoa, how am I going to get across there? Suddenly, God will do it. God will do it. Okay? So they did. They stepped in, the water stopped, and then everybody crossed over, just like they did at the Red Sea. They're crossing over the Jordan River. It said, and it came to pass, in other words, it happened, God said it, it happened. <laughs> it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, so no one was left behind, crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua. Okay, so they've all crossed over. What came next? Then God spoke again. He said to Joshua, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe. So the 12 tribes, one man from every tribe. 
command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here. And they were big boulders. They carried them on their shoulders. 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the middle of the riverbed, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you. In other words, get, get one, of, one man from each tribe, obviously someone who's pretty strong, like you guys, okay? Strong, to carry the boulders, the stones on their shoulders from where this miracle happened, from where the priest's feet were, in the midst or the middle of the river there. Get a stone each, you guys, and carry it across to the other side. Why? Because they were gonna set up a memorial. And so each of the leaders or each man from each tribe took the stones across for memorial. And then it says, this will be a sign. This will be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come saying, what do these stones mean to you? Like, what's this bunch of stones doing in this place? And what's this bunch of stones doing in the in middle, middle of the river? Okay? Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the river. So he got the leaders to take a stone each, 12 stones for a memorial on the other side. And then Joshua the leader set up 12 stones in the middle of the river, on the dry riverbed, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. So they took them to the land, but then they took them into the middle of the river. And of course, when they all had crossed over and everyone was out, whoosh, the waters came back. And you think, well, what good is that? Nobody's gonna see that memorial in the middle of the river. But this was a time of flooding and there was times of drought and the waters would come right down and they would see them. And the kids would say, hey, what's that memorial of stones over there? You know, sometimes when you see these things, you go, what's that for? And you'll go over and you'll see and you'll read the plaque. This is where such and such happened, okay? That's what it was. They would say, this is where God did a miracle for us years ago. It's a memorial that was set up. Okay, so they did that and it's like, well, that's good. So you're expecting something else good to happen, right? What's next? Well, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel. That doesn't sound too good. That sounds quite shocking and unexpected. And you know what? Sometimes things happen in our lives that are shocking and are unexpected, but it's still in the plan of God. Still in the plan of God. Why did this happen? Because the children of Israel had walked for 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war, all the fighting men, who came out of Egypt were consumed. So all the fighting age men died. Why? Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. They all died in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness. So Joshua circumcised the sons of these ones who had died, the new generation, whom he, 
who God, not Joshua, but who God, who he raised up in their place. This younger generation, they were raised up in their father's place, but they were uncircumcised. They did not have the sign of God's covenant upon them because they had not been circumcised on the way. So all that time in the wilderness, Moses, even though he followed God, didn't follow this. So Joshua did what God required. It says, then the Lord, so next, then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. He had removed what was worldly. He had removed and he had restored the sign of the covenant between him and God, between him and his people. And he said, I have rolled away, I have removed the unclean thing from my people. The covenant sign is restored and this place will be called Gilgal and it is to this day. So they obeyed the Lord in this. So they set up memorials as a sign, the covenant sign of circumcision between God and his chosen people Israel was restored. It was a time of renewal. It was a time of restoration. It was a time of removing some things. And you know, that's what's next in some of our lives. Some of those worldly things, some of those unclean things in our lives that we haven't dealt with for maybe years need to be dealt with. They need to re be removed so that any shame or any reproach is gone from us too. So we start fresh, committed afresh to the Lord. Okay, then what did they do? What was next? It says, then the children of Israel camped in Gilgal, so they set it up as their base, their first base in the Promised Land. They kept the Passover. They hadn't been keeping the Passover. So it says they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. That must have been a really special, special time. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. Unleavened bread. And they ate unleavened bread and parched grain on the same day. The very same day. So after they had honoured God in their obedience, honoured God in their worship by keeping the Passover, then the provision of God was released to them. Remember, they've been living on manna, the same thing, for 40 years. Imagine eating burgers for 40 years. Imagine eating rice and noodles. Well, some of you do. <laughs> Imagine eating the same thing for 40 years. It would not be your favourite food. Okay? But it said after they kept the Passover, the very next day, or the very same day, they began to have the provision from the land of milk and honey. Then what happened? Next, then the manna ceased on the day after. So one day, one day, 
one day. All these things happen. The obedience to the Lord, the renewing of the covenant, the keeping of the Passover, and then suddenly the miraculous provision that was there for the wilderness season has now gone. It says, the day after they'd eaten the produce of the land, the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. So they begin to partake of the new land, the new blessings, the new way. You know, and God has that for some of us. We have crossed over from the old and we're in a new season. There will be new provision from the Lord. Things that we haven't partaken of before. Things we haven't experienced before. May not be what we expected, but it's in the plan of God. And as we partake of that, we move on to the next step in the Lord. So there was this better provision. Manna was miraculous. But you know, he said, I promised you milk and honey in this land. I've given you this. I've given you this. It wasn't a necessity. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. And I believe that some of us have lived on necessities. But blessing's coming. Blessing is coming. Amen? The next thing that happened was God revealed himself in a new way as well. So straight after this happened, it said it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, and Jericho is the first city that they're about to take. God does this. He prepares him. Joshua lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Quite intimidating, maybe. <laughs> and Joshua went to him. He wasn't afraid, because he's like, I'm God's man. I'm the commander now. I'm the leader. I'm in charge. And he goes to this person with a sword that's drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and he said this, Are you for us? Are you for us? Are you for our adversaries? Are you with us? Or are you against us? Well, who are you, man? Who are you? You with us or not? He wasn't afraid. <laughs> he wasn't afraid. And then God says, no. He didn't say I'm with you. He didn't say I'm against you. He just said no. No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. See, before he was Jehovah Jireh, he came as provider. Now he's coming as a fighter, as a commander of the army. It's a new season, okay? It's a new season. And Joshua fell on his face like, whoa, this is no ordinary man. This is the Lord, the commander, the army of the Lord. I've now come. And Joshua fell on his face. Why? Because it was no ordinary man. It was no ordinary person. It's the Lord, the incarnate Lord. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and he worshipped. And he said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? What do you say to me? I'm not really a leader. I'm not really the boss. You are. I'm actually just a servant. What did you say? What do you say to me? Then the commander 
of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. You know, sometimes we expect God to ask us big things. <laughs> but all he said was, take off your shoe. Take off your shoe. Don't be afraid of God asking you to do something. It might be something as simple as just take off your shoe. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. And Joshua did it. It wasn't too hard. That wasn't too hard, was it? <laughs> that wasn't too hard. Don't be afraid of what God will ask you to do. He came in a different way. God revealed himself in a different way. And Joshua saw himself in a different way. And I believe that this year, God is going to reveal himself to us in a different way, in a greater, more mighty way as a fighter for us, as someone who is for us and goes before us, someone who will speak to us. And what he will require of us not, not, may not necessarily be as difficult as we think. And I believe that this year too, we will get a greater revelation of who we are, of who we are. He saw himself as the anointed new leader, but then he saw himself as a servant. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that we don't know exactly what's next, but Lord, as we heard last week about the valley of dry bones and the bones joined bit by bit by bit, bone to bone, bit by bit, and then the skin came and the covering came and everything came together. Lord, everything came together for the crossing over of your people into that new place. And I thank you that everything's gonna to come together for us, your people too. And as we cross over into this new year, as we come into a new place, Lord, an unknown place, but the place where you will bless us, just like you blessed the people of Israel. Thank you for your presence that goes before us. Thank you for your voice that speaks to us Thank you for the revelation that you give. Thank you for the provision. Lord, in the wilderness, there was the provision. And then in the promised land, there was the provision. Thank you, Lord, that you provide in every season of our lives exactly what is needed. Help us to follow you, to obey you just the way that Joshua and the people of God did. And they experienced the wonders, the signs and the wonders and the miracles. And they inherited what you had promised. Thank you, Lord, for the promises that you have given to us, that we will inherit them as well. Let us take things step by step with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Okay, if anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Otherwise, say hi. Welcome back, the travelers. Yay. Yeah, welcome back. Good to see you.
Okay, have an awesome week. God bless. <laughs> Thank you.